Hey, great news! Jeff Carter wants to keep playing hockey for, quote, a few more years, end quote. All that is left to process is how he'll get paid and whether or not the local team can continue to afford him. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The Penguins will take on the Kings tonight in Los Angeles. Faceoff is 10.38 Eastern time. And Carter, in meeting with reporters after the Penguins practice at the newly renamed Crypto.com Arena, formerly the Staples Center, of course, was asked about his future uh, in the NHL beyond this season. Yeah, no, I haven't really thought about that. I mean, uh, I hope to to stick around for a few more years, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I hope it's not. Yeah, this is it for his contract. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Carter had, and get this, an 11-year, $58 million deal that he signed with the Flyers. So that, of course, moved with him for the cup of coffee that he had in Columbus and then on out to L.A. where he won a couple of Stanley Cups and really established himself as a top-line winger in this league. That amounted to an annual average salary of $5.2 million. This year, he was actually paid $2 million while carrying a cap hit of that original $5.2 million. Why is that? It's because the Kings had agreed to pick up some of his contract when they made the trade with the Penguins this past spring. He's 36, and here's what you need to think about when you're wondering whether or not Carter can continue to be part of the future. The first is, of course, monetary. The cap isn't going to move up for the foreseeable future. The NHL has made that clear to the Players Association. That's just the way the salary cap system is structured. It's going to stay right where it is. And we've already been over uh, on this program for weeks now the challenges that this team's going to face after this coming season with Evan Rodriguez, Danton Heinen, Brian Rust, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang. These are all pending unrestricted free agents. And Carter's one of them too, but his names very rarely come up. And I strongly suspect that's because there's people who feel that maybe he wasn't going to keep playing. Uh, Maybe because he had begun to fade in L.A. and get relegated to third-line duty and so forth, that he could be nearing the end. But then he comes to the Penguins and Everyone remembers what he did last regular season and, of course, into the playoffs. And here he is again with 11 goals through 32 team games. Uh, This is still a really, really, really good hockey player in this league. So when you think about what's affordable and what's not, the way you have to look at Carter, I think, is to weigh him against other similar type of players at similar ages in the league. The guy that I would fixate on, and I'm betting you thought of him as well, is Corey Perry. 
Uh, Corey Perry, ever since he left being a fixture in Anaheim, went to Dallas, really good player, helped them get to the final. Went to Montreal, really good player, helped them get to the final. Then he signed a two-year deal with the Lightning this past offseason worth $2 million. And when I say $2 million, I mean total. That's a really good contract for a player who's now only a little bit older than Carter and still plenty serviceable, especially on a contender. Size, skill, speed, all that other stuff. Well, Carter's got that too. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's the other part of this process that really would appear to make it logical that he'd stay. Now, I'm saying all of this without prefacing, as I probably should have. It takes two to sign. I know Carter's been happy with the Penguins, but you never know what life considerations are in the mix. Uh, you know, he has a you know, full family, wife and kids. They might want to be somewhere else. I don't know. He's going to have his pick of teams, that's for sure. But if he wants to stay in Pittsburgh and the Penguins put forth Corey Perry money or maybe even something a little bit more than that because of his productivity, and he has been more productive from a goals and points standpoint than Perry has, then the only thing you'd have to be concerned about is whether or not he'd, you know, start fading. And, I mean, you're watching him. You don't need me to come up with some kind of deep analytical hockey take on whether or not Carter can still play. He's still huge. He's still strong as hell. He's still flies all over the rink. Speed remains his number one asset, even more than that shot that's pumped home 400-plus goals in the NHL. The first thing to go on an NHL player as they get older is the speed. If you lose even a fraction of a step, it's noticeable because there were plays that you were making before that you're just missing now. And Carter's not missing them. He's still standing tall in that stride and uh, being crafty with the puck, showing good vision in addition to the shot that I mentioned. He's doing all that stuff with no slowdown in sight. Um, it's easy for any of us, myself included, to say things like, of course you should sign Carter which is probably the last and fair thing that I should bring up, meaning fair to Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. But they've got to find a way to fit everybody under the cap. There's only one bad thing about having this many forwards perform this well, and that's that you eventually got to pay people. The cap is $82 million, and the cap's going to remain $82 million. 
And when you're talking about keeping your core guys, you're talking about major financial decisions. And when one of those core guys already in Chris Letang has kind of made it clear that he's not about to take a pay cut, and you wouldn't think Evgeny Malkin would take much of a pay cut from his 9.5, although we'll see how that goes. Evan Rodriguez is going to make a lot of money this offseason. Danton Heinen might make some money as well. Brian Rust is going to get paid by somebody. This, this is no picnic, so it's not as simple as just saying, sure, pay them all, pay them all. Not going to be able to do it. Going to have to make some tough, tough calls. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Ben, who asks, what are the keys to Evan Rodriguez's success up to this point? It's keys, plural. I'm glad you put it that way as opposed to asking me to isolate on one because it hasn't been one. He's done a lot of different things. The first and easiest answer that I can give is that he has worked his tail off. As much as Rodriguez is fond of giving uh, any reporter uh, the same answer, and believe me, I've asked this question more than once myself, basically the same one that you're asking, Ben, is how are you doing this? How have you gotten so much better, seemingly so quickly? And he, he's like the nicest guy in the world, but at the same time, you can tell that question kind of is maybe a little abrasive for him because he doesn't see himself as having just popped out of nowhere. As he'll go on to say, the number one thing for him has been opportunity. That's the word he'll end up using repeatedly. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Well, Mike Sullivan and his staff gave him an opportunity. Uh, There were clear opportunities, not just for him, but for other players in the opening part of this season with no Sid, no Geno. Not a lot of other guys at times either. Lots of power play time. Uh, lots of different movement in terms of uh, which forward position he'd be playing. And he showed well at all of them. He showed well at every trait, including faceoffs. He's done it all. Now, to complete my first component here, he's worked his tail off uh, in a Teddy Bluger kind of way. Teddy Bluger doesn't stay out for practice just to show everybody he's staying out for practice. He's not one of those. He's not doing it for extra cardio either. He chooses specific skill sets to work on, he and Ty Hennis, and they'll go at it. It'll be one very, very specific thing. 
that they'll be working on deflection, certain types of shot. That's Rodriguez. He's very much in that same mold. So as much as he wants to deny it, <laughs> that's been part of it. Number two is that he has found a way to do the things that we're seeing at top speed. And that wasn't always the case before. I used to refer to Rodriguez, and, you know, we all admit when we're, you know, mistaken about something in hindsight, but I used to refer to him as a headless chicken because he would just be flying around out there, but there really wasn't much getting accomplished. Like, he'd be visible because he'd keep going, but not a whole lot was being created with the puck. And what you're seeing now from him is a much better correlation between his speed and his skill level. He's receiving the puck really well. He's moving through center ice with his chin up and a real presence about him as he gains the attacking zone. Then he's making things happen. He's not just, you know, go, 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 go without ever pausing to make sure that something good comes of it. I don't know how or why that happened. Certainly not if he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's definitely happened. And the third thing and the final thing is the one that will be the most obvious, and that is that shot. Um, I'm embarrassed to tell you that in watching him in practices and skates in his full time with the Penguins, not just this season, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. I've seen it coming with certain other players. I'm going to give you kind of a uh, random example here. Riley Shan, remember him? He's still in the league. He was a guy who would just put some of the most beautiful bar-down blasts behind goaltenders, especially his wrist shot. Uh, Mike Sullivan once said something to me after a practice. You, you see you see Shan shoot the puck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one. Just we're trying to bring that out of him in games. It never came out. Rodriguez, I never saw it from. I never saw it. Or if I did, I didn't take it seriously enough to make a mental note of it. But the shot, the quality of his finishes, I'm sorry. I I just don't know where it came from. I just don't. I appreciate the question, Ben. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we'll do another one tomorrow to talk about tonight's Kings game. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.